Good morning, Orlando. It is Friday morning here at 6 o'clock. We're glad you've joined us for our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning a candlelight vigil for Broward County's school shooting victims. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And are you ready to wage an all out war to stop the mass killings in America? I will tell you what that war would look out, what it would look like, next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. I want to know that it's safe to send my kid to school. Enough is enough. The community of Parkland in Broward County is trying to come to grips with the high school shooting that left 17 people dead. More than 10,000 people attended a candlelight vigil last evening for the victims of the attack at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, and speakers called for action to prevent another tragedy. And while I don't have all the answers, I know that something has to change before this is visited on another community and another community and another community. The high school's senior class president read the names of the 17 people who died in the shooting as people wept. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The shooting suspect has been ordered held without bond. 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz made his first court appearance yesterday, and the judge laid out the charges. Are you Nicholas Jacob Cruz? Yes, ma'am. Okay, sir. You are charged with 17 counts of premeditated murder. I have something very important to tell you. You're charged with some very serious crimes. Cruz, Cruz did not enter a plea. However, the Broward County Sheriff's Office says he has confessed to the shootings. We're going to uh, get into um, the timeline, and we will identify all of the victims, and then we're going to talk about what it's going to take to stop the mass killings in our schools and elsewhere in this country. Coming up before this hour is done, Alan. All right, bud. President Trump will visit Parkland, and that's prompted cancellation of a stop in the Orlando area. Trump was set to speak in Eatonville today to promote his infrastructure plan. The school shooting in Parkland is reverberating in the halls of the state capitol in Tallahassee. Kate Kyle with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America says the only way Florida will ever get a grip on gun violence is to clean house in the state legislature. They are not elected to represent a small special interest. If the government fails to act in our best interest and for our safety, we need to elect new leaders. Kyle led a group of gun control advocates who delivered 5,000 signatures to the Senate president's office, demanding more than just thoughts and prayers. They want action. A central Florida millionaire has been convicted of killing his wife for a second time. A jury yesterday found Bob Ward of Isleworth guilty of manslaughter in his wife's shooting death nine years ago. He claimed Diane Ward pulled a gun on him and she was shot while he tried to get the gun away from her. Ward's original conviction was overturned on appeal two years ago. As spring training gets underway here in Florida, Major League Baseball says it will go forward with rule changes to help pace of play, despite backlash from the Players Union. Speaking in a press conference Thursday from the Tampa Bay Rays home ballpark of Tropicana Field, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred said changes are coming, whether the Players Association is on board with the reform or not. It's either going to be a specific agreement on specific rule changes, or they're going to be rule changes um, that we put in place. While Manford did not specify what the new pace of play rules might be, any changes would require the approval of MLB owners. In January, the Players Association rejected the league's proposal to add a 20-second pitch clock, but did side with the commissioner's office in working to remedy the length of games. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. 
you and I are baseball fans, big time. Yeah. Uh, I think some changes like that would be good for the game and for cultivating fan loyalty, you know, with the with the newer generation, the younger generation, where they go bang, 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 bang with the video games and they expect things to move at a faster pace than baseball moves. And, you know, there are rules on the books uh, in baseball as far as uh, – when a pitcher is supposed to deliver a pitch. Every a certain, 20 seconds. Right, and that has not been enforced. No, if they the simply deal. enforce that, that would certainly speed things up. Batters stay in the batter's box the entire time you're up. That would help, too. Yeah, get rid of the batting gloves, the, the Velcro a that they have to keep adjusting. Thing? There yeah. must be a better a better glove <laughs> that you can have. There has to be. There has to be. Never needs adjusting. <laughs> WFLA News Time is 6.06. A nightmare flight. As a child screams nonstop for eight hours. Oh. That story and the video online at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Friday. So I got to tell you, Alan, with that video, you know. Being able to pause it 20 seconds in when you can't take it anymore is a whole lot different than being trapped in the airplane with a screaming kid for eight hours. It was a flight from Germany to the U.S. Ay, ay, ay. Transoceanic, <laughs> complete with this three-year-old kid running around, climbing over seats, and screaming. Can't believe nobody got him settled down. Everybody held hostage at 35,000 feet. Alan Spector with news whenever it breaks top and bottom of the hour. Yaffe's our producer at the end of a wild week in our line of work and a traumatic week for all of us with this Valentine's Day school massacre in South Florida. Stephanie is our screener. We will be talking about other things in the course of the hour, but we will thread one theme through the entire three hours here. There are those who are saying, all right, it's time to take action. We got to stop the mass killings in our schools and elsewhere that seem almost unique to our great country. And I'm with you on that. But are you ready to do what it would take and to wage an all-out war on multiple fronts to that end? We'll find out because I'll tell you what I think that all-out war to stop the mass killings would look like. And I'm going to want to get your take on it at 407-916-5400. With our text line always open, never busy at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. It's Friday morning, the end of a long week. We greet you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. In a moment, the uh, Broward County Sheriff gives us the timeline of the mass killer in that, um, in that school in Parkland, Florida. And, um, and we will honor the memory of those whose lives were cut short as the sheriff reads the list of those who did not survive. That's where we begin, and then we'll get into what an all-out war to stop the mass killings in this country would look like and whether or not you are prepared to fight it. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. But justice must be served here. Attorney General Pam Bondi says she is certain that they will go for the death penalty here, and if we don't have a death penalty in Florida for a case like this, what in the world do we have a death penalty for? Let's now take you back to that awful period on Valentine's Day, just before school was dismissed, about 2.20 in the afternoon, Nicholas Cruz arrived at the school he once attended before being expelled for bad behavior. 
got out of an Uber, and then, well, here is Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel with the tragic timeline. The suspect entered the east stairwell, that's building 12, with a rifle inside a black, soft case. The suspect exited the stairwell, pulled the rifle out of the case. At 20, at 2.21 hours and 33 seconds, the suspect readied his rifle and began shooting into rooms 1215, 12.16, 12.14. He went back to 12.16, back to 12.15, and then to 12.13. The suspect, the suspect then took the west stairwell to the second floor and shot one victim in room 1234 on the second floor. The suspect then took the east stairwell to the third floor. He dropped his rifle and backpack, ran down the stairs. He exited building 12 and ran towards the tennis courts and then took a southbound turn on foot. The suspect crossed fields and ran west along with others who were fleeing and tried to mix in with the group that were running away, fearing for their lives. The suspect arrived at the Walmart store. He bought a drink at the subway and then left the Walmart on foot. The suspect went to McDonald's, sat down for a short period of time. This was at 3.01 p.m and he left on foot. At 3.41 p.m., 40 minutes after he departed from the McDonald's, the suspect was detained at 4700 Wyndham Lakes Drive in Coral Springs by an officer from the Coconut Creek Police Department. He was taken into custody without incident. And now from Sheriff Israel, the names of the victims who lost their lives, all 17, ranging in age from 14 to 49. Carmen Shentrup, Meadow Pollock, Peter Wang, Nicholas Dwarette, Christopher Hickson, my very, very, very special friend who I'll miss, Aaron Feiss, Luke Hoyer, Alana Petty, Jamie Gutenberg, Martin Duque Anguiano, Alyssa Alhadef, Helena Ramsey, Scott Beagle, Joaquin Oliver, Carol Loughran, Gina Montalto, and Alexander Schachter. May they rest in peace and may God comfort their families. Amen. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. You're crying out. We're crying out. <sighs> Parkland is crying out. Florida is crying out. The nation is crying out. We must not let this happen again. Are you ready to do what it would take to stop the mass killings in our schools and elsewhere in America? I'll tell you what I think it would take. I wonder if we're ready. It's a natural reaction. It's the same thing we've seen time after time. One mass murder after another. A lot of them in our schools, but not all of them. And people are saying, 
This is the time for action. We've got to stop this. Here's what we need to do to make sure that lives are not snuffed out wholesale in another mass murder in America in the future. And everybody has an opinion. But everybody seems to be talking about there's one thing that I think we should do, and if we do this, we will not have mass killings in America and our schools and otherwise in the future. And that is just, that is not so. Do you remember when we used to win wars in this country? How did we win World War II? It was an all-out war. There wasn't any resource we didn't tap. There wasn't any front we weren't willing to fight on. I mean, we threw everything we had into it, and so did our allies, to defeat the Nazis and Imperial Japan, and we did, and we saved the world for the freedom we enjoy today. The last time we won a war was the Gulf War. That was an all-out effort against Saddam Hussein back in in the early 1990s. The rest of the time, it's half-hearted efforts with half-hearted results, we don't win wars anymore. You want to win this war? You've got to fight it on all fronts. And I doubt whether many of you are ready to do nearly all of this. You need to max out and throw everything you've got at it because there is multifacets to eliminating this threat, just as there are when you're fighting an actual war against the nation, an enemy. This is what an all-out war to stop future mass killings in our schools would look like. Are you ready? How many of these measures would you support? I'll be taking calls on this through the show. Gun control. Ban the sale of AR-15s very clearly by history, the weapon of choice of these mass killers. With the gun control, do we do that? Do we stop there? Or do we go further? That would be the gun control debate. More money from our pockets as taxpayers for a massive ratcheting up of mental health resources in this country. Cruz's attorneys say this guy had been mentally ill for years and still in circulation. Should we give police the power when they see signs of bizarre or threatening behavior to take that person and put them in front of mental health professionals involuntarily for an evaluation? And if they don't pass the evaluation... You put them away. We institutionalize more of the mentally ill going forward the way we once did in this country. It was considered cruel and inhumane, so now we do everything we can to keep them in society and in circulation. And in most cases, it works. But then there are those cases, and I think we've just seen the latest evidence of it, when tragically it does not work. We need more cops in schools that taxpayers would have to shell out for. This is part of the all-out war to stop future mass killings in our schools. We need several teachers in every school trained and licensed to carry a concealed gun. I have advocated this. They would carry them every day at school, but nobody, potential mass killers or anybody else, would know which teachers were packing heat. There would be armed resistance guaranteed in every school, and it wouldn't just be uniformed cops police resource officers, okay? And this would be, at no cost to the taxpayers, the secretly armed teachers. Metal detectors at every entrance? It would be a logistical nightmare, and the expense would be unbelievable 
for all of the schools and all of the entrances they use across our country. Now, we used to fight wars to win them. We went all out, and we would bear any cost to win the war. This is what an all-out war to stop future mass killings in America, in our schools and elsewhere, would look like. The course of the show, we're going to talk about whether you're ready for the all-out war. Because otherwise, this stuff's going to happen again. And the all-out war may mean one that can't be won, but it's got to be fought. There's no way to know unless you fight it. I don't think we're anywhere near ready in this country, even after Parkland. 407-916-5400. And Alan Spector joining us with the news at the bottom of the hour, part of our continuing coverage of the aftermath of the Valentine's Day massacre at that high school in Broward County. Alan? Well, Bud, in the wake of that shooting, Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel has a message for politicians. If you're an elected official and you want to keep things the way they are and not do things differently, if you want to keep the gun laws as they are now, you will not get reelected in Broward County. Sheriff Israel spoke last night at a candlelight vigil for the 17 people killed in Wednesday's massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. The president says he will visit. I'm making plans to visit Parkland to meet with families and local officials and to continue coordinating the federal response. The events in Broward County have led to cancellation of a presidential visit to the Orlando area. Trump was scheduled to talk about his infrastructure plan in Eatonville today. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Broward County Sheriff's Office says 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz has confessed that he was the school shooter. Now, his first court appearance was yesterday as well, yesterday afternoon. And what we saw was a frightened and cowering 19-year-old young man standing there being consoled by his public defender. Uh, it was a very bizarre thing to see. Uh, and he's charged with 17 counts of premeditated murder. Fox's Rob Schmidt reporting from outside the school in Parkland. The gun store where Cruz brought his, uh, bought his rifle, Sunrise Tactical Supply in Coral Springs, is under investigation. Cruz passed a background check and legally purchased the firearm in February of 2017. The FBI says it was tipped off months ago to a YouTube comment left by a user with the name Nicholas Cruz. The comment said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. There was no additional information about the particular time location, or further identifiers about the person who posted the comment. FBI agent in charge Robert Lasky said YouTube removed the comment and an investigation found no connection with South Florida. A South Carolina high school student is under arrest over a copycat threat after the Florida school shooting. The ninth grader in Spartanburg allegedly posted an image on Snapchat of a teenager wearing a mask and holding an assault-style rifle. The image had the caption, Florida Round 2. The ninth grader reportedly claimed the post was a joke, but he was charged with disturbing schools and is being held at a juvenile facility. WFLA News Time is 636. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thanks, Alan. Of course, at this time, we always bring you the Bloomberg Business Report live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. In for Gina Cervetti this morning, our good friend Joan Doniger. And welcome back to Good Morning Orlando, Joan. 
Good morning. Glad to be here, bud. Boy, I got to tell you, you had to buckle up this week with a wild ride on Wall Street that you were chronicling. <laughs> Give us the very latest on yesterday's performance, what the futures are showing you in our stock report, and then we'll move on from there. All right, bud. Well, we're seeing a couple of weeks of extremes on Wall Street. You know, after last week's correction, which was the first in two years, investors seem to have put their inflation worries aside. They regained some of the ground lost. We've got the Dow back above 25,000. That's where it closed yesterday, and it is holding there. Stock futures are pointing to what could be a sixth straight day of gains on Wall Street. And with investors keeping an eye out for inflation, they may be taking a close look at January import prices. They arrived this morning. Normally, they don't pay much attention to that. But we have been seeing really crazy swings here from the first correction in two years to the best weekly performance for stocks in more than one year. And that kind of really doesn't matter what the market does today. This week is going to be an up week. Okay, fair enough. It is, in fact, an ongoing wild ride. Bloomberg putting the spotlight on the future of the National Football League. Now that the Super Bowl is over and the season concluded, what can you tell us? Well, it, it really tells us a lot about the future of television. Bloomberg News is reporting Amazon, YouTube, and Twitter are all looking at bidding hundreds of millions of dollars for the right to stream Thursday night football. Fox won that contract recently and is apparently helping uh, the league work out a deal there. The contract could run for about five years. The NFL, too, wants more than just streaming service. It also wants social media commentary and stats to try to bring in kids. You know, parents have not been letting kids play football because of concussion worries, and a lot of them just play soccer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the interest hasn't been as high. The NFL is looking to change that. Absolutely right. And you're also looking at Bloomberg on the future of TV in general. The TV business is changing, and traditional television has been in trouble. What's the latest on this? That's right. As CBS now thinks it has the answer to that. More shows. More shows of the new Star, uh, of the kind like the new Star Trek Discover series. It actually has doubled the number of programs it produces in recent years. And it's not just producing these programs for television. It's creating shows both for its own channels, but also for the streaming services, because that really is where the future is. You know, you can kind of watch what you want when you want to do it. The most watched TV network is CBS. Yes, it did see record profit in sales last quarter, and in part because of program licensing. So that's been a big business for them. Okay, before you go, John, I think we could all use a story on a lighter note after a week we've been through, particularly down here in Florida. Oh yeah. And 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 you've got a uh, you've got a very interesting story. You know, a, a pumpkin flavored this and that, or pumpkin scented candles and perfume. <laughs> I mean, it just there's no end to this. But now right. there apparently there's a new favorite flavor and fragrance out there? What is this? Yeah, it might not dislodge pumpkin when you get to the fall, but right now, maple syrup may be the new pumpkin. The oh, bonus there. I love that stuff. You like that? Oh, oh yeah. that, This is for you. Companies aren't limiting that flavor to fall either. Dow Jones reports there is a new spring favorite. It's getting its dose of maple syrup. You know those marshmallow candies, Peeps? They come in bunny and chick shapes for Easter. Yeah, yep. there's a new yep. pancake and syrup flavor peeps. We'll watch so, for it. Joan yeah. Doniger in for Gina with our Bloomberg Business Report. Thank you so much, Joan. Have a great weekend. Thank you, bud. You too. All right, coming up, back to the heavy-duty stuff in the wake of the uh, Valentine's Day massacre at that uh, at the Parkland at the school in Parkland. Um, we're talking about it from so many angles. Um, we're going to focus on the mass murder issue, mental illness, police power. I've already got a ton of 
of, of callers on the line. We're going to have to try to take those, and I want to do it, and I want to check the text line, too, because I told you what I think it would take to declare all-out war to stop the mass killings in the future in our schools and elsewhere, and I doubt if many Americans, frankly, have come to grips with what it would take. So that's what we're trying to do here this morning. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll have all of this for you and much more, along with an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And that's in just two minutes. Stay tuned on News Radio 1025 WFLA. More security and safety at our schools, more power for police, more for mental health resources, gun control, banning the sale of the weapon of choice of mass killers in this country, overwhelmingly the AR-15 used at Parkland this week. It's all part of what it would take to declare an all-out war on all fronts to max out on preventing the next mass shooting at a school in America. Are you ready for the war? John, good morning to you, and you're on with the Bud Man. Good morning, Bud. This is John. Yeah, uh, go ahead. you got 30 seconds. Everybody gets a half a minute. Go. Man, I need more than that. That's my not mom, enough. Give me the focus. My, okay, the focus is if it's an AR-15 is banned, what else? I can take a lever action rifle and fire it just as quick. Um, my mom, from personal experience, has mental issues, and she was buying weapons, and I would have to take them away from her. Okay. Uh, probably the main thing here is let's let's link the mental the mental ill system to whether you can purchase a gun or not. All right, thank you very much. You're supposed to be able to pass a background check, but perhaps there needs to be a a more thorough examination. And that that, that issue was out there before you can buy a firearm. Here's Phil in Brevard County. Good morning, Phil. Morning, Bud. Um, as a father of two teenage children, I cry and continue to cry in horror over this event. Oh, yeah. But I was also disgusted, and my stomach turned to hear how quickly you folded on the Second Amendment. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. I'm raising the issue. You're not listening to me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that the weapon of choice of the mass killers over and over, but not exclusively, is the AR-15. That We need to discuss the issue of whether or not that weapon and ones just like it need to be banned from sale. That's a legitimate question. That does not mean I'm not for Second Amendment rights. Well, now we'll cut it out on that. Another day. I want to put, spend my 30 seconds talking on what you're on target on, which is mental health. Go ahead. And just quickly, let me offer a suggestion. I have to have my kids vaccinated and show a vaccination record before they're allowed to come to school. Why can't we have a mental health evaluation, which is a single doctor visit for your child before he's allowed to attend school and have available a hotline that that doctor could notify a panel for further review? I think that's a great constructive thought. You know, there's one say, well, that's invading privacy, and who's going to make the call on whether somebody is judged to not be mentally fit to go to school? But that's a legitimate question you raise. Line three to Claremont. Matt, you got 30 seconds. Yeah, well, I won't support taking guns away from healthy people. Any any weapons. No weapon, right? No weapon. That's been doing this every single time, and okay. no one's done anything about it. 
you know, they don't subscribe prescribe these drugs in Europe like they do over here. Okay. American psychiatry is the problem. All right, thank you on that front. And John, good morning from Winter Garden. John, you're on from Winter Garden. Okay, didn't hear John. Sorry, bud, man. Go ahead, man, take We it. got Baker Law in the state of Florida authorizes any police officer to take into custody anyone that's deemed dangerous to themselves, dangerous to others. Yeah, but the, but the, the police want... had the mental records. Okay. The school wouldn't even let the kid bring a backpack. They were that scared of him, and then they kicked him out. Why did they not call the sheriff's office, have them come out? They would evaluate, did it meet the Baker Act, and then take him into custody. All right. 72 hours of psychiatric consultation. The second thing, is there a database that the doctor at the hospital can punch his name in, and it will come up, Dr. So-and-so is treating that kid, so the hospital can contact that doctor and get the file on the background there. There you go, John. All right, some good thoughts, constructive thoughts. Quick check on the the text line, Yaffe. Yes, but uh, some a lot of people disagree with you on the gun thing. The, some people say, I can't believe you're talking about banning uh, guns for healthy people. No, 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 no. One weapon that is the weapon of choice of the mass killers. We need to look into and seriously debate the future of the AR-15. Why does everybody think that means I'm now total gun control anti-Second Amendment? People are passionate about it, bud. That's why. They just they just don't like the idea of any kind of gun control, even questioning the idea. Wow. Well, okay. All right. But if you want to declare all out war, you got to fight it on all fronts. You got to fight it on all fronts. And also people are saying, don't mention the name of the killer because some of these killers like the fame. They can't get anywhere else. Right. That's another point we should add to our list of how you fight the war. Right. Right. They're telling you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Let me continue. The uh, killer in the Parkland School of 17 with 15 more hurt, some of them very seriously, a few still fighting for their lives, uh, apparently had been mentally ill for years in the opinion of his public defenders. Here is one of them talking about this pathetic accused mass murderer. He's a broken human being. He's a broken child. And when your brain is not fully developed, you don't know how to deal with these things. When you have the lack of impulse control that a 19-year-old has, um, that affects the behavior that you exhibit. That's the child that I'm sitting across from. And others uh, who have been examining her and him and know the history said he's been, you know, had mental illness problems for years. Sheriff deputies have been to the Cruz home 39 times since 2010. You know, he was still in circulation. Something's wrong here, and certainly that's so in the opinion of Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel, from whom you've been hearing so much. He wants to go way beyond the current Baker Act that we discussed a moment ago with a caller on giving police new powers to deal with the mentally ill. Are you ready to go here? Give police the power if they see something on social media, if they see graphic pictures of rifles and blood and gore and guns and bombs, if they see something, horrific language, if they see a person talking about, I want to grow up to be a serial killer, we need to have the power to take that person and bring them before mental health professionals at that particular time, involuntarily, and have them examined. 
people are going to be rightfully so concerned about their rights, as am I. But what about the rights of these students? What about the rights of young kids who go to schools with book bags and pencils? Don't they have the right to be protected by the United States government to the best of our ability? There's a lot I like in what the sheriff is saying there. And anybody having a visceral reaction to all the pain of what happened in that school, you know, you can understand that. But then there's a flip side of this. Are we going to have police deciding that based on something you posted online or something you're reported to have said or a way you were acting that didn't look like it was quite right for the cops to bang on your door in the middle of the night and take you away. That's why we have a Fourth Amendment protection against unreasonable search and seizure inserted in the Constitution by our founding fathers in the Bill of Rights. So you can see the fierce battle there. But do maybe we need to go in that direction. That would be part of stepping it up and part of the multifaceted all-out war to stop future mass killings in our schools and elsewhere. It's difficult when you when you consider all of this, but that's what a war would look like in this, an all-out war. You know, it isn't like in World War II, we didn't say, all right, we're going to take out Hitler. Somebody said, well, I don't want to use the Air Force. I want to stay on the ground here. No, 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 no. Use everything you got, and the Navy as well. But I don't think we're ready for that in this country. I think it's pretty clear from the calls here. Someone says, all right, I'm all for the mental health stuff, but don't touch any guns, even the weapon of choice, the AR-15, of one mass killer after another, including the Pulse nightclub massacre, 49 dead here in Orlando. So we'll thread this throughout the rest of the show. But again, I'm pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun rights. But a debate on the AR-15 makes some sense to me. It really does. And I think it should to you, and you should not feel threatened that it's going to just be the end of the Second Amendment. It doesn't have to be that. We have a fierce gun rights advocate on the 50,000-watt front porch. He is next, right after the news with Alan Spector. Stay with us on that. And Alan will be giving us the news of that amazingly emotional and enormous vigil last night um, to remember the South Florida school shooting victims, and a presidential visit to Orlando has been canceled. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Friday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, thousands turn out for a candlelight vigil in Broward County. We'll have details coming up in one minute. Up next, live on the 50,000-watt front porch, a gun rights advocate. Advocate. He's the host of Arms Room Radio on WFLA, Mike Poworski with the Budman. Next on Good Morning Orlando. 704 on News Radio 1025. More than 10,000 people turned out in the Broward County town of Parkland for a candlelight vigil last night to remember the victims of Wednesday's massacre. Among the speakers was an alumnus of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, Chicago Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo, who said history keeps repeating itself. There's a cycle to it. We get horrified that this violence is inflicted in our kids. We get angry that there's nothing we can do and nothing's done about it. And then we ultimately get immune and move on to something else. But then it happens in our own town, in your own school, or the movie theater, or a nightclub, or a church, 
and we realize it could happen to us. President Trump is planning to visit Parkland. An appearance scheduled for today in the Orlando area to promote his infrastructure plan has been canceled. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The shooting suspect made his first court appearance yesterday, and prosecutors made their preliminary case against 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz. He uh, went loaded with an AR-15 rifle. He had uh, additional ammunition with him um, during a and shot 17 individuals. Um, who later died as a result of the gunshot wounds. Cruz is charged with 17 counts of first-degree premeditated murder. Senator Bill Nelson thinks it's time for Congress to get serious about common-sense gun regulations. The Florida Democrat took to the Senate floor yesterday. How many more times do we have to do this? How many more folks have to die? When is enough going to be enough? But Florida's Republican Senator Marco Rubio said new gun laws won't necessarily prevent someone from committing a horrible act of violence. If someone's decided I'm going to commit this crime, they'll find a way to get the gun to do it. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a law that makes it harder. It just means understand, to be honest, it isn't going to stop this from happening. Meanwhile, in Tallahassee, the president of the Florida Senate says the shootings in Broward County were a tragedy and the legislature will respond. Stewart Republican Joe Negron wants to spend more money on mental health treatment and security in the schools. We want our students to be safe. We want to not have tragedies like this occur to the extent that we can prevent them in a free society. And we're going to learn from every situation to, um, to do things better. But when asked if the legislature will do anything to limit or regulate guns, Negron said he's more concerned about protecting access to firearms by law-abiding Floridians. The U.S. Senate is unable to pass an immigration reform bill. None of the immigration bills in the Senate yesterday cleared the 60-vote threshold, a bill backed by President Trump aimed to reduce legal immigration, boost border security, and provide a path to citizenship for young immigrants who were brought to the U.S. illegally as children. Trump is also seeking funding for a massive border wall, which he previously insisted would be paid for by Mexico. WFLA News Time is 7.07. An inmate drugged his twin brother, swapped clothes, and walked right out of prison. We've got that story online at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. It sounds like a movie plot, but it's a real deal, right, Alan? Yeah. Wow. The All evil right. twin strikes. <laughs> I guess so. Alan Spector, the real deal, veteran journalist, and uh, joining us with the news here every Friday, top and bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. He'll be back shortly. It's Good Morning Orlando for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Yaffe in the control room producing, and Stephanie is our screener. If you want to join the conversation, we're going to put the focus on, um, on the gun-related aspects in the wake of this um, this massacre, this Valentine's Day school massacre at Parkland's Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School down in Broward County as we bring in a um, good friend of the program who has his own show here on WFLA, Arms Room Radio, uh, every Sunday night at 8. It's Mike Paworski, and he is a fierce gun rights advocate, and we're going to talk about this. Also a former police officer and, uh, and a military guy as well. So he's next on the 50,000-watt front porch. And I hope you'll stay with us on that. We'll get right to that, and we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, of course, in only two minutes. Stay where you are if you can, here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We've really been into it this morning. 
I've been laying out what I think an all-out war would look like if we're going to go on all fronts in an all-out effort from all angles to stop these mass killings in our schools and elsewhere that seem virtually unique to America among free nations of the world. With that in mind, where do guns fit into all of this? Let's bring on Mike Pawarski. Joining me live now, he's the host of Arms Room Radio, the show on Sunday nights at 8 right here on WFLA. A gun rights advocate for sure, a former cop, currently U.S. Army Reserve Commander here in Orlando. Mike, welcome back to Good Morning Orlando. Thanks for coming on. Good morning, bud. What are your thoughts in the wake of the school massacre? You know, it, it's a horrible tragedy, of, of course, but these, these gun-free zones, these gun-free zones, again, are, are, are causing people to be killed. You know, the politicians have put these gun-free zones in place because these signs can protect us. We lost 17 kids because of ignorance that signs will protect us. Now, they do have, in Broward County, in all of these high schools, two resource officers, armed police officers. Sure. Two, uh, 3,000 students down there. 3,000 students, 11 buildings, one building with three stories in it, and two officers with guns moving around the campus that will prevent it. What would you advocate? Oh, sure. I'll, I'll tell you what. Everybody needs to go to their school board, to their, to their schools themselves, to their politicians, and tell them, get rid of these gun-free zones in schools. In Florida, we've got roughly 12% of the adult population that has concealed weapons permit, people that have sought training, people that have gotten certification with their guns, yet for some reason there's a line in the sand outside the school that says you're dangerous with that gun if you come across this line. Boy, I agree with you. Listen, I have advocated for this microphone for a long time, you know, what they've, they've played around with in the legislature and what I think we need. We need to have, on a voluntary basis, uh, many, many teachers in these big schools who are trained and licensed and do carry a concealed firearm, and nobody knows who's got the heat. And I think that would be a great deterrent when a prospective mass killer would know armed resistance would be encountered. It would no longer be like shooting fish in a barrel. I'm totally with you on that. What about the training of teachers in our schools to carry concealed? Absolutely. If they want to choose to carry on campus. So let's say, let's say, you know, just look at the numbers. There's uh, I think there's 140 teachers, 130 teachers down there at that school. That means another 15 people would have been carrying guns on that campus. Good guys carrying gun on that campus. We can do just like they do. Those teachers, if they want to carry on the, on campus, like you do with the federal flight deck officer program with the airlines, mm-hmm. those, those airline pilots that choose to carry, go get an additional 40 hours of training. That is, a, it's, it's a shoot, don't shoot scenarios on who to shoot, when not to shoot, and how to protect and how to defend. Do that same type of training, and there you go. You have 15 more armed individuals guarding our children in the school. I just don't know why there's resistance to that, and I hope it melts away. Well put. Now, let me ask you this, Mike. The killer bought an AR-15 rifle legally, passed a background check, even though his attorneys say this kid's been mentally ill for years. I mean, what's, who's to blame here? The gun store in Coral Springs? Do we need changes to the background check procedures and, 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 and the depth of the examination before a sale of a gun? Listen, these background checks have been put in place now for over 20 years. This was the, the vaunted uh, end-all, be-all to, to gun crime put forth by the anti-gun uh, agenda back then. 
they don't work. Every time we see one of these shootings, it's somebody that's passed these background checks. These background checks need to continue in place absolutely because they will stop any criminal that's trying to get the firearm. But this is a problem with the healthcare industry. This is about more about trying to protect the rights of the person with the mental health and protect their privacy than it is about the public welfare. So we what what should happen? About- what should happen if if a kid like this killer walks into a gun store and says, I want to buy that AR-47, and he's got cash on the barrel head, what should happen? Sure, listen, he fills out the background check, he, he does it correctly, and he passes the background check, which is an on-the-spot check. He should get the firearm. However, well, that's what happened, but we got 17 yeah. dead people. Well, yeah, what we need, and this is, this is one of the big problems with the, it's with the mental health, is when somebody reports him, and he gets on this, this list, the FBI list, he gets, on the, you know, he gets committed, he gets a psychiatric evaluation, they need to put him on a no-buy list. But the problem and why there's been resistance with a no-buy list is the anti-gun agenda wants that to be, that, that's it, that's forever. Once you're on that list, you're on that list forever. We need to have due process to right. get yourself off that list. If you tell me, I could get off, if somebody says, you're crazy, you've got to go on this list, well, let me go to the doctor and prove I'm not crazy so I can get off the list. The problem with every piece of legislation that's come out for that right. is there's never been due process to get off that list. That's why the NRA opposed that, because there was no due process. Give me due process right. to get off that list. We'll support that 100%. Listen, I know you're a fierce defender of gun rights in the Second Amendment, and so am I. But when I take a look at the history of the mass killings here, one time after another, it's an AR-15 that caused the mayhem. Somebody who was sick and twisted or whatever or had an axe to grind, suddenly has the power to commit mass murder that this weapon of choice of the mass killers, the AR-15, provides. Is it legitimate? Not in the interest of overturning the Second Amendment, for God's sakes. I would never go there. But to at least say, maybe we need to stop selling this one. Sure, AR-15s are a dangerous weapon. Any weapon is. Listen, in Virginia Tech, it was a handgun. The Gabby Gifford shooting was a handgun. Right. President Reagan was shot with a handgun. Yeah, but, uh, you, know, you know, I can go Pulse. I can go the Aurora Theater. I can go Correct. San Bernardino. Correct. Everywhere, AR-15, AR-15. Now, what right. about it? What about just stopping the sale of that weapon? I'll say no, because... It was our forefathers that when they wrote the Second Amendment, they wanted the citizenry to have like weapons that the government had to protect ourselves from tyranny. They were, they were firing muskets that took 45 seconds to reload a single lead bullet. <laughs> they, they, they had sure no were, idea about they, this. They sure were. But if we go by the 1789 standard, then the First <laughs> Amendment would only apply to uh, written type presses, and that's it. It wouldn't apply to the Internet or anything else. Right. The Fourth Amendment would not apply to modern-day technologies for interrogation. or right. Mike, I'll tell you what, I'm out of time. I really appreciate the dialogue here. I know you're going to be all over this on your show this Sunday night on WFLA Arms Room Radio, right? Yes, we are, bud. Thank you very Terrific. much. Terrific. Mike Paworski, gun rights advocate, former cop, currently the U.S. Army Reserve Commander here in Orlando. And thank you so much for coming back on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thank you, bud. Do appreciate it. You want to react to the interview? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rate supply. We'll have this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as we roll on here in two minutes in News Radio 1025 WFLA. Again, thanks to Mike Waworski, host of Arms Room Radio, coming on here um, and, and, and defending gun rights here and not being at all open even to considering a ban on the weapon of choice for mass killers one after another in America, the AR-15. You can catch his show Sunday nights at 8 right here on WFLA. Uh, listen, dealing with gun issues is, would be part of an all-out war. If we were to declare an all-out war on multiple fronts aimed at maxing out the effort 
to prevent future mass killings in our schools and elsewhere. And I told you what the war would look like. And I don't think many are willing to fight it on all fronts. But that's the way you win wars, you know? If you want to win a war, it's all out. You'd have to, you'd have to look at gun, tro- gun control, to me, only to the point of banning the sale of the AR-15s. I, wouldn't st- I, would, I would stop there, but others might want to go further in the debate. We'd need much more money out of the taxpayers' pockets, yes, for mental health resources in this country. This kid had been mentally ill for years and was still in circulation. Give police the power expanded beyond the Baker Act in Florida. When they see signs of bizarre or threatening behavior, take that person immediately, involuntarily, take them out of circulation, put them in front of mental health professionals for an evaluation. And if, they, if they've got mental illness, maybe we should go back to institutionalizing them the way we once did in this country. We need vastly more armed cops in our schools. That's going to cost taxpayers money, too. Several teachers, at least in every school, trained and licensed to carry a concealed gun. They'd carry them every day at school, but nobody would be sure which teachers were packing heat. Metal detectors at every entrance, that would cost a huge amount of money, but it could be part of an all-out war. Yaffe? Uh, yeah, I just have to say I like that um, you're laying out a specific plan. I think that's what we need maybe Trump or our leadership to do. Um, I, I cringe a little bit when you say all-out war just because when we use terms like that, okay. all-out war, a lot of times we're willing to give up personal liberties oh, sure. to win a war. Yes. And we have to be very careful not to do that yeah. because we still are a free country. I agree 100%. But um, it's a tough I'd, balance. I'd, I'd like I'd like you to tell me, with all due respect, about what the level of personal liberties enjoyed by the 17 dead people down in Parkland would be this morning. What about their personal liberties? Yeah. What about their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? All gone. Yeah, and you can make that argument for any crime out there. And but the, you're right. The sheriff made that argument, and it's a powerful argument. What about it? Declare an all-out war on all fronts, Steph. Are you ready to go or not? I don't know. I mean, this is such a hot topic, but, you know, I'm... That's what we do here. Yeah, I know. But I'm big time for the Second Amendment right, and I don't think that we should be banning the AR-15. No, even though it's a weapon of choice, but one mass killer after another. Nope. From Pulse to... I think we need to to make sure that these people, these individuals that are carrying out these shootings do not get their hands on any kind of weapon. That's what Mike was talking about before, a no-buy list. A no-buy list. And I think that that was one of the the strongest things he said that I think we should all agree with. Uh, let me bring on Susan in Castleberry uh, from the left side of the 50,000-watt front porch. Welcome back, Susan. Hi. Good morning, bud. Um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that um, yesterday when I heard you actually for the first time um, think, say that you would consider the ban on AR, you know, any type of assault weapons. I think it's a legitimate debate that needs so to be had. And you gave me such a glimmer of hope mm-hmm. to hear that coming from a conservative like yourself. And then as far as, like, um, you were saying something about the funding that would be needed for the mental health oh, yeah. coming out of taxpayer pockets, it, it doesn't have to come out of taxpayer pockets. Uh, the, a- the NRA gave uh, just Trump alone $30 million. They could, they could put money into mental health. Oh, you would need vastly more billions of dollars than even the NRA could support, Susan. This would have to come out of the federal treasury, I think, and state treasuries as well. I mean vastly more money than any individual entity like the NRA could finance. We'll have more on how you feel about 
how I've laid out what an all-out war aimed at stopping future mass killings would look like in this country. So stay tuned on that. I haven't heard from you yet. But we have the Sound Judgment Game, which is coming up in the next half hour, and then we will be back in the heavy-duty stuff. And at the bottom of the hour here, uh, we have Alan Spector on Fridays bringing us the news and doing it a great job, as always, on going to focus on this candlelight vigil um, that was massive and it was emotional um, down in Broward County for the school shooting victims. And President Trump has canceled that Orlando visit we were anticipating today. Alan will have that and all the news as we roll on for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch. Good Friday morning to you at 7.30 now. Obviously, and I hope you agree appropriately, the aftermath of the Valentine's Day massacre at that high school in Broward County continues to dominate our conversation and the news as well. Brought to us now at the bottom of the hour by Alan Spector. Alan? Bud, thousands were lighting candles in the Broward County town of Parkland last night, remembering the 17 people killed in Wednesday's massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Fred Gutenberg lost his daughter, Jamie. What is unfathomable is Jamie took a bullet and is dead. I... I don't know what I do next. My wife is home. We are broken. Also at the vigil, local Democratic Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz said it's time to take action. So we will help lead you to help other communities elect people who will do the right thing, who will make sure no one's families ever have to go through this again. President Trump says he'll be visiting Parkland, and that could happen sometime this weekend. Trump will not be visiting the Orlando area. An appearance in Eatonville, where the president would promote his infrastructure plan, was scheduled for today, but in the wake of the events in Broward County, it has been canceled. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The school shooting suspect made his first court appearance yesterday. The judge told 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz he's charged with 17 counts of first-degree murder and will not be granted bond. I find probable cause. I further find the proof of guilt to be evident or the presumption great. Therefore, Mr. Cruz, you're going to be held without bond until further order of the court. The FBI confirms it was it confirmed. Uh, the FBI rather confirms it was informed of threatening comments that someone named Nicholas Cruz posted on a YouTube video several months ago. YouTube user Ben Benite spoke on Fox and Friends this morning, saying as soon as he saw the comment that Cruz wanted to be a professional school shooter, he informed authorities. The FBI says it was unable to confirm the identity of the YouTube commenter or to track him to South Florida. Yeah, the FBI um, said it just, it just couldn't make any connection with him. Um, and, and the blogger said that they were very responsive, you know, and they came and, um, and they were very thankful that they had that tip, but they couldn't end up doing anything with it. Mm. At the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea, the favorite event for American skier Michaela Schifrin did not go as planned. She finished the women's slalom in fourth place. Schifrin did win gold for the giant slalom this week. American figure skater Nathan Chen was not so lucky. The 18-year-old fell during the men's short program and is in 17th place heading into tonight's free skate. And elsewhere, Bud, yeah. news from the world of food. I'm ready. I'm getting real hungry. Some people are not very happy about changes McDonald's is making to its Happy Meals. Yeah, I heard a little bit about this. The fast food giant is taking cheeseburgers off its iconic kids' meal menu for nutritional reasons. Customers took to social media to voice their displeasure. 
Many blasted Mickey D's for interfering with a parent's decision on what their kids should eat. Apparently you can still get the cheeseburger, but you have to ask for it. They're not advertising it. You get, you know, you get other stuff now because they're, you know, they're getting a lot of heat for, you know, not serving healthy stuff and being, you know, contributing to the, you know, the fat kids we have in this country by the millions. The the Happy Meals will also see a smaller size of French fries and cuts to the amount of sugar in chocolate milk. Gee whiz. Pretty rough. Yep. (laughs) Can't have any fun anymore. What else is going on? A Michigan pizza shop is breaking a world record for the largest delivery pizza. The owner of Mally's Sports Grill and Bar in Southgate led a team Wednesday in making the massive pie. The 72-inch pizza, that's six feet in (laughs) diameter, beat the current Guinness 54-inch record holder. It was donated to the Southgate Police and Fire Departments. The record-breaking pizza is now available on the restaurant's menu for a starting price of $300. Well, wait a minute. How do you deliver that thing? Do you roll it down the street? What do you do with that? <laughs> I was curious how many slices. Do you still put regular size slices, or do you make really big slices? That would be, the, the slice would be half the size of our backyard, I think. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's crazy. And finally, bud, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if you've got a sweet tooth, you're in luck. A museum of candy is opening this summer in New York City. Yeah? The Sugar Factory is behind it and says it'll show the evolution of the candy industry and feature a dessert-tasting hall, a candy unicorn, and, are you ready? The world's largest gummy bear. Whoa-hoa! And all your teeth will come out. Pair <laughs> that with the uh, largest delivery pizza on record. Let, and let, the, let me, then let you me got ask something. everybody, if, if, if you could have one candy honored as the best of all time... At this, what's the name of this place? What is it? The uh, Museum of Candy. The Museum of Candy. What would be the first exhibit? Oh, man. That is a tough one. Tootsie Roll or Butterfinger for the Bud Man? Oh, man. I don't I, know. I, 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 M&M's, maybe. M&M's are good. I got to say, the classic Hershey chocolate candy bar. Yeah, well, man, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that is. That, that's iconic, but it's kind of ordinary, isn't it? Pretty good with that. What about it, uh, Steph? You're a health... You're a health nut, so you probably don't eat this I stuff. I am. I usually don't, but I do like a Twix every once in a while. Ah, okay. That would be good. A relative newcomer to the candy realm when you consider well, Hershey bars, Tootsie Rolls, and uh, and Butterfingers. That's what happens when you allow young people into the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, um, Alan, thank you. He's going to be back with the news here uh, whenever it breaks, top of the hour as well, uh, right on through until 9 o'clock, Alan Spector i got a ton of calls here on the line. I don't know what we're going to do because we're supposed to play the sound judgment game. Uh, we're really kind of trapped here. Let me at least take one or two calls. I'm going to clear the deck for sound judgment contestants. Uh, Wendell and Winter Springs, I've been talking about declaring an all-out war. The war would uh, be fought on many fronts against the future of mass killings in this country. Uh, and, and you'd have to consider, you'd have to consider... Uh, what to do about the AR-15, the weapon of choice by one mass killer after another. Wendell, go ahead. Hi, bud. I don't see where it's going to make any difference with the AR-15. AR-15 is simply a semi-automatic rifle, and you can get a pistol that'll do the exact same thing. And Why do they all choose AR-15s, pistol? almost all of them? Why? I'm sorry, I was running my mouth while you were talking. Why, do they, why is it the weapon of choice, though, the AR-15? I would assume just because of its looks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say, but, you know, it's interesting. I'm not anti-Second Amendment. I know everyone's afraid of the slippery slope. If you, if you 
ban one weapon here, then all, okay, all of a sudden, end of the Second Amendment. We banned back in the 1930s the Tommy guns, the fully automatic. You know, the gangsters were using them, all everybody down on the south side of Chicago. The Second Amendment survived that, didn't it? Can't we at least look at the AR-15? I'm not talking about banning guns in this country. People are not hearing me right here. Gary, you're next in Apopka. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, bud. Yeah, I think the AR-15 gets bad rep because it's just, it has that look of an assault rifle, but it has no more extraordinary powers. But you wanted, to, you wanted to talk about school security. So school security is what we have to concentrate on. You know, I was up at Dartmouth University, and you can't get into a lecture hall without having an ID card put into an electronic scanner, or else you don't get into the hall. So what would you do at, like, a high school like Parkland with 3,000 kids? You have one entrance, one exit, and you have to have a photo ID with a code on it for you to get into it. You have uh, uh, plainclothesmen, teachers and janitors who are packing heat. Anybody gets out of line, they can take them out. And, uh, you know, you just have to have the students and only the students with that proper ID get into that school. All right, now that's a legitimate angle. In an all-out war, that would be a front. Increased school security. Expensive, disruptive for sure, but we're talking about an all-out war here. we got to clear the decks on this. We will have more opportunities for you to weigh in on on what an all-out war aimed at preventing future mass killings would look like in this country, okay? But but we've got to do the sound judgment game because i got no place else to put it. So we're ready to play for a prize right now. If you haven't won in 30 days, you're eligible. Sound judgment callers now only. We'll get back to everything else later, 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400. I'm sorry for the wrenching gear shift here. It's just one of those things that happens in live talk radio. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. A bit of a break in the action with the heavy-duty things we've been talking about, to which we will return. Are you looking for a great family movie that you can enjoy with everybody without even leaving the house? We got you covered. It's our Sound Judgment Prize. Steph, let's talk about it. That's right. So today we have a copy of Wonder on Blu-ray. Starring Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson comes the film critics are calling the perfect film for the entire family. Based on the best-selling novel, Wonder tells the incredible, inspiring story of a boy with facial differences who enters fifth grade attending a mainstream elementary school for the first time. Wonder is a heartwarming film about kindness, love, and friendship. A lot of great lessons for your kids and your grandkids. It's a great prize. 407-916-5400 is our number. All right, as the Winter Olympics continue in South Korea, one thing we can predict with certainty, we're going to hear that familiar and majestic Olympic theme song a lot. Its title is Bugler's Dream, you may not know. For today's sound judgment game, we're going to play the Olympic theme song I just love. Listen, then use your sound judgment and tell me what year we first heard this when the Olympics came on TV. I get goosebumps every time. How far back does that song go? Give me the year the Olympics first used that on television. Line one, you're up. Line one. 1968. Say it again. 1968. You're absolutely right. Winter Olympics in Grenoble. How did you know that? Uh, Wild guess, bud. This is Edmo in, in Titusville. You're unbelievable. Congratulations, buddy. You've won the prize. 
Thank you. I appreciate You're it. You're freaking me out. I thought we were going to be here a while. I was going to tell Rush you'd have to wait a while for the update. Unbelievable. Give me the name again. It's it's. This is Edmo in Titusville, bud. Ed. Okay, buddy. All right. Listen, you and Steph are going to talk it over. We're going to get you the prize. How about that? Yep. It was the Winter Olympics in Grenoble, France, 1968. I would have blown that one, but Ed got it. How about that? Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here on a Friday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the school shooting victims are remembered at a candlelight vigil. We've got details coming up in one minute. And next on Good Morning Orlando, I'm live with Orlando Police Chief John Mina with his take on the school massacre and what, if any, changes he thinks we need. It's coming up. 8.04 on News Radio 1025. I want to know that it's safe to send my kid to school. Enough is enough. The community of Parkland in Broward County is trying to come to grips with the high school shooting that left 17 people dead. More than 10,000 people attended a candlelight vigil last evening. Speakers included an alumnus of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, Chicago Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo. Look, I'm a baseball player, but I'm also an American. I'm a Floridian, and I'm a Parklander for life. And while I don't have all the answers, I know that something has to change. Before this is visited on another community and another community, and another community. Also at the vigil, the high school's senior class president read the names of the 17 people who died in the shooting as people wept. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The shooting suspect has been ordered held without bond. 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz made his first court appearance yesterday and the judge laid out the charges. Are you Nicholas Jacob Cruz? Yes, ma'am. Okay, sir. You are charged with 17 counts of premeditated murder. I have something very important to tell you. You're charged with some very serious crimes. Cruz did not enter a plea. However, the Broward County Sheriff's Office says he has confessed to the shootings. President Trump will visit Parkland, and the events there have prompted cancellation of a stop in the Orlando area. Trump was set to speak in Eatonville today to promote his infrastructure plan. The president of the Florida Senate says they'll respond to the school shooting in Broward County by finding more money for mental health treatment. But State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando says guns are the issue and blaming it on mental illness is a way to avoid the real problem. Mental health is a start, but this is what happens after every single shooting. You have lawmakers who claim that mental health is what we need to be focused on, not actual common sense gun safety measures. Guillermo Smith has filed a bill to ban assault rifles like the AR-15 used by the Parkland shooter, but Republicans who control the legislature have refused to schedule it for a hearing, let alone a vote. A Central Florida millionaire has been convicted for a second time of killing his wife. A jury yesterday found Bob Ward of Isleworth guilty of manslaughter in his wife's shooting death nine years ago. The Jacksonville Jaguars are keeping two fans involved in an incident with the opposing team last season from attending games in the future. 
At the end of a heated Jaguars game against the Seattle Seahawks on December 10th, some fans threw trash at Seahawks defensive lineman Quinton Jefferson, with Jefferson actually attempting to leap into the stands at Everbank Field to confront the fans. Now two of those spectators at the center of that incident are being banned from the stadium, according to a report obtained by the Florida Times Union. Four people threw objects onto the field, and based on video evidence, two fans were positively identified and now indefinitely banned from buying tickets for Jaguars games at Everbank Field. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Should be banned from for life. You're not kidding. You're not kidding, he said as he turned his microphone back on. People like that, they ruin it for everybody else. They really do. Yep. WFLA News time is 8.07. An American Airlines ticket agent saves two teens from suspected human trafficking. That story is online at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The Bum Man with you right now. If you're just joining us, I've been laying out what an all out war aimed at ending mass killings in our schools in this country would have to look like. Are you ready to fight an all out war on multiple fronts? It would include consideration, at least on the gun control front, of banning the sale of the AR-15, the weapon of choice by one mass killer after another. It would require vastly more money for mental health resources in this country by the billions and billions more. It would give police the power to see when they they see signs of bizarre or threatening behavior, to take that person, to put them in front of mental health professionals for an evaluation. And if they're found unfit to live among us, they'd be institutionalized the way we used to do with the mentally ill. We'd have vastly more cops in schools. That would hit the taxpayers right in the wallet, but that would be part of an all-out war to stop mass killings in this country. We would have at least several teachers in every school trained and licensed to carry a concealed gun. And they carry them every day at school. Nobody would know which teachers are packing heat. Mass killers would know that they would encounter armed resistance. No more shooting fish in a barrel in a gun-free zone. Metal detectors at every entrance? That should be considered, too. I want to know what Orlando's top cop, Chief John Mina, thinks about all of this in the wake of the tragedy down in Broward County, and uh, we'll bring the chief on live. He's next on Good Morning Orlando, right after I update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'd like to know what Orlando's top cop thinks about all of this, and I want to welcome him back to Good Morning Orlando. Chief John Mina, thank you so much for making a few minutes for us this morning. Uh, No problem. My pleasure, bud. Good morning to you. I know you just recently filed a run for Orange County Sheriff. I want to talk to you about that. But but first of all, I think we want to get to uh, what everybody is thinking about here. Your take on the uh, school massacre in Broward County. I mean, you went through the Pulse Massacre here. Um, Any changes that you would advocate going forward on any front, sir? Yeah, well, first, my uh, heart uh, and thoughts and prayers go out to the families uh, and the entire community. And like you said, we know all too well um, the anguish that they're going through right now. So, you know, we'll we'll grieve with them. You know, there are are many things that uh, we can do differently in our schools. I think Central Florida, uh, specifically Orange County Public Schools, uh, have done a pretty good job. We meet with um, 
Chief Holmes from Orange County Public Schools every month, all the, all the Orange County Chiefs. Uh, and so in those meetings, we discuss uh, if it comes up, uh, you know, school security. On. But, you know, um, if, from my perspective, I think uh, installation of, of more cameras, uh, school, these schools now need to be fenced and gated. Uh, and there needs to be, like in Orange County, there's uh, two school resource officers at every high school. And they are uh, armed, yeah. correct? They're in and uniform they, they and they're armed. armed. They're armed uh, OPD police officers yeah. or Orange County Sheriff's deputies or, or some of the other agencies we have. And then uh, in addition to that, there are schools that have uh, private security even in addition. My sons uh, went to Ocoee High School and when you drove on, you were greeted by a guard at the gate. Um, so there, there definitely needs to be more control of the uh, ingress and, and um, the access to our schools, so that uh, we know who's going uh, going there. And um, you know, there needs to be safety action plans, just like you know we've been uh, training these kids for years. Back when I, when I did it for fire drills, uh, everyone needs to be trained um, right. in these type of emergency situations. Well, let, me, let me ask you this. What about arming teachers who, on a voluntary basis, many in each school perhaps, who would be trained to handle a gun and licensed to carry concealed, and nobody from the outside would know which teachers were packing heat, and these mass killers would know it wasn't going to be a gun-free zone anymore, no more shooting fish in a barrel. Do you support that, Chief Mina? Yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily a proponent of that because I know that uh – you know, with with those kind, uh, with that kind of high liability, there needs to be extensive training and experience uh, for that type of thing. I think one of the, the best things we can do is make sure that our teachers and the officers there and security are working together. That there are random backpack checks, random um, locker checks, looking specifically for weapons. And one of the biggest things that we can do. And it's in, you know, 1.2 million residents in our county. We all need to be actively monitoring social media. And if we see something um, like has been seen in the past, and um, we need to say something. I know there's two, at least two or three cases here in the last couple of days where incidents were prevented because either a parent or another student saw something on social media, contacted the police, and arrest uh, was made. You know, police can't do it all by ourselves. The school can't do it all by ourselves. It, it takes it really takes the entire community. Talking with Orlando Police Chief John Mina in the wake of the school massacre in Broward County. The Broward County Chief, I'm sure you know him well, is Scott Israel. He made a, a bold um, call for the legislature to give police more powers in the state of Florida to intervene, really expand beyond the Baker Act when somebody is exhibiting simple uh, 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 behavior or or whatever um, it happens to be that indicates mental illness, to just be able to go and take them and put them involuntarily in front of mental health experts for an evaluation. Do you support that? You know, I, I have reached out to, to Scott Israel um, to basically lend our support in the days and weeks coming. I think there definitely needs to be more screening for, for mental health. And obviously, uh, anyone with a mental health issue has no business uh, having any kind of weapon. So yeah, but let me I'm, ask you I'm, this. Do you I'm support increased? He, he, wants, he wants increased police powers. As I said here, do you support that? I mean, there are those who would worry legitimately, and he even referenced this about, you know, individual liberties being undermined. 
Uh, I, I haven't heard exactly what he says. It's hard for me to comment on that. I would All just right. say that we, we have a system in place that if someone is exhibiting behavior where they're going to harm themselves or others, we can take them into custody. Now, there are uh, you know many times these kids especially post things on social media, and it's not necessarily a crime per se because it's not a direct threat, but uh, – this state and many jurisdictions need to come up with legislation that will make that a crime. And we're actually in the city of Orlando looking at specific city ordinances where if someone goes online and makes one of those statements, that may not necessarily be a direct threat, but it could be a violation of city ordinance. So we at least go put handcuffs on this person Uh, and find out what they're up to. Let me ask you this. Do you advocate any kind of gun control going forward here? The AR-15, for example, the weapon of choice by one mass murderer after another, schools and elsewhere. Would you favor perhaps the ban on the sale of AR-15s or not? Well, it, this is such a complex issue. I am, I am willing to have those tough conversations, and I think this, this, you know, those those decisions are made at the state and the federal level. But I'm willing to have those tough conversations. I think both sides of this issue need to come together, and they need to come up with legislation that's really going to make both sides uncomfortable on this issue. Something definitely needs to be done. What exactly that is, I'm not really sure. But, you know, I'm willing to have that conversation and to and to give my opinion as, you know, being the police chief here for the last four years, going through uh, some of these incidents, uh, specifically Pulse, with um, assault weapons that have killed many people. So I think I think a lot uh, there needs to be a lot of tough conversations, but it needs to happen now. Okay, fair enough. Before you go, you're running for Orange County Sheriff, um, uh, filed as an independent. You got a good gig as Orlando Police Chief, and uh, why do you want to be sheriff? Well, uh, Bud, I've been there for 27 years. I'm nearing the end of uh, my career as police chief. I've done uh, many of the things that I wanted to accomplish as chief, and really, honestly, Bud, I feel a responsibility um, to run for the sheriff of the county I really deeply care about. I've been a resident here for 28 years, um, and you know this. no one knew that Demings was going to leave early to run for mayor, and there's an opening. This is an important election, and um, I'm best equipped to be the sheriff. We don't need someone to come in who who's going to try and do some on-the-job training. We need someone like me who's ready right now to be sheriff. And I, honestly, I feel a responsibility to um, this community to, to take that position over. We'll follow your campaign. Um, Orlando Police Chief John Mina, thank you so much for your time, and have a nice weekend, sir. Uh, thank you, bud. Take care. Uh, uh, good deal. If you're enjoying the show, you can enjoy it even more in all of our shows on WFLA by downloading the absolutely Phenomenal, completely redesigned, and absolutely free iHeartRadio app. You're going to love it. Download it. It's free, the iHeartRadio app. So where are you on what you're willing to do if you want to fight an all-out war on all fronts to stop future mass killings in our schools and elsewhere? Let's get some uh, input here, and we'll go to you in just a moment on the phone lines and the text line, 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. Right after an update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Great having Chief Mina on here, but he was really hedging big time on, uh, you know, what we ought to do about the AR-15, if anything. Um, let's bring on Tom from Orlando. You're on with the Bud Man. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, Bud. How you doing today? All right. And you? Good. Thanks. Yeah, um, I, uh, I totally think it should be banned. And why? Market. Uh, well, you know... Um, 
it's uh, it's just it's it's terrible what what they do. You know, it's just absolutely terrible. Well, they're the weapon of choice by one mass killer after another. Um, would you further? Would you would you call for further? Are you one of these? You know. Gun control guys, you want the Second Amendment undone, or you just you want something done about the AR-15? Well, one, you got to get the AR-15 done first, and then you can move on to handguns, um, and then you could probably move on to cars. You know, you got to ban cars. Yeah, they kill a lot more people than anything else. Okay, we got to ban everything by the time we're done. Interesting take on that. Yaffe, could you check the text line? You say you got a lot of incoming going on right now on our in our debate about what we do if we're ready to f- declare an all-out war to end mass killings in this country. Uh, yes, one person says this, says he agrees with you about, you know, declaring all-out war. Says, however, until we deal with the amount of violence that permeates our society in video games, sports, sex, and TV, our culture is not going to change. The pop culture cesspool is definitely a big deal and a contributing factor to the increase in violence in this country. So is taking God out of our schools and the public square. There are many, many facets to this. Okay, uh, hey. Callers, stay on the line. We'll be getting to you right after we get up to date on the news. And, of course, so much of our focus continues to be the aftermath of the unspeakable Valentine's Day school massacre at Parkland's Marjorie Stoneham. Douglas High School in Broward County. And last night, a massive and emotional outpouring there. Alan Spector with the update. More than 10,000 people showing up for a candlelight vigil, bud. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel spoke, and he had a message for politicians. If you're an elected official and you want to keep things the way they are and not do things differently, if you want to keep the gun laws as they are now, you will not get reelected in Broward County. The vigil, of course, for the 17 people killed in Wednesday's massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. The president says he will visit. I'm making plans to visit Parkland, to meet with families and local officials, and to continue coordinating the federal response. The events in Broward County have led to cancellation of a presidential visit to the Orlando area. Trump was scheduled to talk about his infrastructure plan in Eatonville today. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Broward County Sheriff's Office says 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz has confessed that he was the school shooter. Now, his first court appearance was yesterday as well, yesterday afternoon, and what we saw was a, a frightened and cowering 19-year-old young man standing there being consoled by his public defender. Uh, it was a very bizarre thing to see, uh, and he's charged with 17 counts of premeditated murder. That's Fox's Rob Schmidt reporting from outside the school in Parkland this morning. The gun store where Cruz bought his rifle, Sunrise Tactical Supply in Coral Springs, is under investigation. Cruz passed a background check and legally purchased the firearm in February of 2017. Yeah, and uh, the public defenders are saying this guy's been mentally ill for years. We know deputies had been to the house of the family, and I think a lot of it had to do with him, I think almost 40 times since 2010, and he was still out there in circulation. A lot of red flags. Many. The FBI, by the way, says it was tipped off months ago to a YouTube comment left by a user with the name Nicholas Cruz. The comment said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. There was no additional information about the particular time, location, or further identifiers about the person who posted the comment. FBI agent in charge Robert Lasky said YouTube removed the comment 
and an investigation turned up no connection with South Florida. They were unable to identify Nicholas Cruz as Nicholas Cruz. Yep, and so nothing could be done beyond that. Right. Elsewhere, Bud, if we can move on to some other topics for a couple of minutes here. Absolutely. Not quite so heavy. Uh, I hope you and I don't come to this, but a couple of broadcasting icons are at odds. Oh, yeah? Legendary sports broadcaster Warner Wolf, famous for the catchphrase, let's go to the videotape, yeah. is suing iconic radio personality Don Imus, alleging he was let go from the Imus in the morning show because of his age. A lawsuit filed in New York State Supreme Court names Imus and three executives with WABC. Wolf, who is 80, is seeking severance money and damages for mental anguish, emotional distress, and humiliation. Wait because, a minute. Wait a minute. I saw Imus recently. He's got to be 110. Yeah. I was, <laughs> he looks it. <laughs> I was getting to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Alan. I digress. Don't let me get into it with you now. Meanwhile, <laughs> this could be it. The uh, Anyway, he's, he's seeking damages for mental anguish, emotional distress, and humiliation because he was replaced with someone 30 years his junior. Wolf says Imus would regularly allude to his age, derisively saying he should be put out to pasture and he should be shot with an elephant gun. (laughs) Imus, by the way, is a mere 77 years old. Come on. He's been rode hard and put away wet. Oh, man. Man, he looks old. All right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, speaking of old people, George Washington... Mm-hmm. He's been around for a while. Yeah, he's getting up there. Uh, New York State College says they found a lock of Washington's hair inside one of their library books. No kidding. Union College in New York State said archivists going through books at the Schaefer Library found Washington's hair in an envelope inside a leather book titled Gaines Universal Register or American and British Calendar for the year 1793. Wow. The envelope was labeled Washington's hair from James A. Hamilton, given him by his mother, August 10th, 1871, whoever James A. Hamilton was. Amazing. Or his mother. Experts say people frequently exchanged hair as a keepsake during that era. I thought you were going to tell me that Washington lost a lock of hair in that Geico commercial crossing the Delaware Turnpike. You that, know? that could have happened, too. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you and I, bud, maybe we should restart this tradition. You and I should exchange hair. <laughs> and perhaps avoid a Warner Wolf Don Imus situation yes, later I think on down the road. Whatever it takes to keep peace in the valley and on the fifty thousand watt front porch. Thank you, Alan. Good stuff. Is it? Is that's it? That's it. <laughs> he's he's we got a job action here. He's refusing to do any more news. Yeah. <laughs> See, right. when I when I put my hand up and I, I make this this circular motion, that means move ahead. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was you were looking at me, and I thought it was like you, the Bud Man's crazy. We all know it. That was the gesture. Wasn't all right, it? I'll see you in court. <laughs> Coming up here in a moment on a very serious note, we're going to take all of these phone calls related to the aftermath of the school massacre. And I've laid out throughout the show here, you want to declare an all-out war in the interest of stopping future mass killings in our schools? Are you willing to fight it on all fronts? And I've laid out what that war would look like if you wanted it to be all out. So you're all reacting to that. You're next. And in the wings, another broadcasting legend with a really cool show coming up today on WFLA, the one and only Moira. It's all ahead. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you. So stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We've been talking about, talking about what an all-out. All out. Hello, line three. Are we there? We've been talking about what an all-out war aimed at ending mass killings in our schools and elsewhere in America 
might look like and what you would support. To Lady Lake we go. Teresa, you're on with a bud man. Welcome from beautiful Lake County. Hi, good morning. Um, I am not for banning the AR-15s at all. I think if you want to stop the younger generations of getting it, raise the age limit. To what? To what? I would be comfortable with 30. No, you can't rent a car until you're 25. 25. We got a problem with the sound. You can't be president unless you're 35. So there are age limits. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that one before. Interesting take on it. Uh, Let's go to Ed. You're in Titusville. Good morning. You're on with the Bud Man. What's your take on all of this? Good morning, Bud. This is Ed in Titusville. How you doing? Uh, I'm aware of that, and I'm doing fine. I hope you are as well. 30 seconds. Go ahead. Okay, but listen, you're making me nervous talking about banning any type of weapons. You're focusing, bud, on the wrong thing. You're focusing on the weapon instead of the target. Our schools are soft targets. We need to harden those targets with more security, with barriers. How could this kid walk into a high school undetected with with an AR-15? But I want you to think about something, bud. In the history of murders of children at school, which is what we're talking about, in 1927 in Michigan, 70 kids were killed when the school was blown up by some crazy guy. In Virginia, that guy shot 32 people dead with handguns. And at Columbine, they killed kids with shotguns and uh, bombs. Mm -hmm. So we're focusing on the weapons instead of focusing on these soft targets. All right, fair enough, and I thank you for that. I, I, I may take issue with it, but I appreciate your point of view. Here is Charlene in Belle Isle. Good morning, Charlene. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I want to lay this back on sublet slap because my kids, I have two 14-year-olds and a 12-year-old, and I can identify at my kids' school about a handful of kids that need help, and they're not getting in the school system because they want to keep kids mainstreamed and in the school system. There's tons of paperwork. And these kids are now disrupting my kids' education because they're disruptive in the classroom, but the teachers of the schools can't get rid of them. There needs to be an alternative school, whether it's like two or three kids with one teacher and mental health in there as these kids are identified, but they keep pushing and pushing these kids and keeping them in the classroom. And then, of course, kids are mean and say, oh, that person's weird, yeah. and it just builds upon itself. Well, let me so ask you, Charlene. I think, let me, I, I think your point is well taken. But in the case of Nicholas Cruz, you know, uh, down in, in Broward County, they kicked him out of that school for bad behavior. They got rid of him. After years and years of not helping him, what I'm proposing is that the schools has an alternative, whether it's like, a, you know, almost like private tutoring and involving mental counseling and help for these kids. But they keep them in the school system so long, and these kids are just worn out from from misbehaving, yep. and the teachers are worn out, and the administrators are worn out. From I understand where you're coming from. Thank you very much. We're getting very tight on time. Yaffe, check that text line as the incoming continues. Uh, yes, but I'm having a few people bring up the topic of psychotropic drugs, that a lot of these shooters seem to be on some kind of psychotropic drugs, and maybe that's something we should look at. Okay, fair enough. And once a month, we bring you a brand new show unlike any other ever in the history of Central Florida Radio. It's called Moira's Mixed Company. And Moira from the Phillips File is in the house. Moira, for folks who were just connecting to this, today's your second episode this afternoon at 3 on WFLA. What is Moira's Mixed Company all about? Mixed Company, Bud. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. My, my friend, Bud Man. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, Mixed Company is a program 
all topics that your mother told you never to talk about a mixed company. So we will talk about those sensitive topics, whether it's your weight or your finances, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, whatever you want to say. Today, the making of a millennial, did we as parents raise them to be entitled, spoiled brats, or did we saddle them with lots of college debt, and they have a very different life than we had as we progress through our 20s and 30s. Yeah, you're talking about the millennials who now would be between age what and what? Uh, well, they were born in between 1980 and 2000. Yeah. So the youngest ones would be 18. The oldest ones would be 35-ish. Yeah. Uh, and so it's that age, when they graduate, what happens to them? What are their expectations? Mm-hmm. And have we, as parents, created the monster? We're talking about parenting, but we're also talking about economics with Mark Brewer, who's head of the Central Florida Foundation. We're talking with a guidance counselor from Dr. Phillips High School. So she has seen over 30 years how the students have morphed into something very different from what they used to be. We're also talking about when they go into the job market. How do what are the expectations of millennials? They want a salary up here. But they want—they don't want to pay their dues down there. All so it's—it's right. it's very different. They want a party atmosphere. They want a socialization in their workplace. That's not how you know. My generation was so desperate to have a job, we were happy to get in the door. <laughs> you know, now now they are sort of like, well, I, I sort of want this, and their demands are very different. So we're talking with a recruiter. From, mm-hmm. from college. Yeah. We're talking with the people who run the college placement office at UCF. We have four fabulous guests, and it all starts at 3 o'clock. Fantastic. Our in-house millennials, Yaffe and Steph, mm-hmm. in the control room, like, oh. you perked them up. They yeah. said, I'm going to check this out. Right. I, and, and my producer, my executive producer, is Pinkman from The File. He is smack dab in the middle of that millennial generation. Yeah. And he gives, when I say you're entitled, he says we're not. And he gives the other side of that story. And it's it's really interesting who will be, we have a live studio audience as well. That's what I wanted to say. The format yeah, yeah. of the show is yeah. distinctly different. This is right. a really ambitious undertaking. Tell us how Moira's Mixed Company unfolds when you do it monthly. I mean, you begin in the studio, you right wind here. up down the hallway in our great big um, area where you can bring in a live it's studio audience. A big live studio audience. We have, you're right, I do a one-on-one intensive interview from three to four yeah. in here, and we can delve into the, the meat of the matter. Yeah. Then at four o'clock, it's a big dinner party atmosphere. There's food, there's giveaways, there's t-shirts, there's all of that, and we have guests on the dais, uh, and I do the interview, and then I walk around like, uh, if you could picture the Oprah program sure. in days gone by, yeah. Oprah or Ellen or whatever, and those people in the audience can ask questions um, and as well as see, and we have different people sort of circling, cycling through. So if you're on the other end of the radio for your purposes, yes. 3 to 6 today, right? 3 to 6 today, we'll be here on 102.5. That's just fantastic. Now, how do you become part of the studio audience? Because that would be exciting. Who else gets to do that? Nobody else offers that Correct. in radio that, locally. That's one of the cool things about this. That's what we do that is different from every other option. We offer people a chance to be live in the studio audience from 4 until 6. And if you go to moirasmixedcompany.com, mm-hmm. Just that easy. It will forward you to the sign-up sheet for the studio audience. There are only a limited number of seats in that room. Mm-hmm. So after we hit, you know, the number, magic number of 35 or 40 people, I forget what, you, you know, we have to shut you out of that one and roll you into the next one. So it's one Friday a month. It's today on, today's February 16th. The next one is March 16th. Okay. So we will, you know, that one, uh, I believe the topic 
is a rabbi, a priest, and a imam walk into a bar. We're talking. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not a bad joke. It's all about religion and how we deal with each other. This is a unique concept in radio, and it's really fun to have you here, Moira. Moira's Mixed Company. Check it out this afternoon from three to six, right here on News Radio one hundred two five WFLA FM and AM five forty. Wish you well with Thank the show. You are on you. fire. Thanks Thank for coming you. in to talk about it, Moira. You're welcome. Thank there you for having go. me. She and I agree on nothing politically, but we just have a great time when we get together. That's kind of what it's all about, isn't it? All right. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. For Moira, for Alan, for Yaffe and Steph, the Bud Man here. Have a great, relaxing weekend I think we all need. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.